Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Forgot they talked about Shannon Shoes in here. We're going to talk about Tommy DeVito, who Mike Lombardi deemed the shoeshine boy, and I can't get over it. It's the funniest nickname in all the NFL. But before we do any of that, we got to keep talking about the rivalry. Welcome back to Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Colter Nuwana's, coming to you from the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. First hour, a great one. We gave you three big things about the Grizz, three big things about the Cats, and half an hour of previewing the 122nd matchup between Montana and Montana State. Ryan Tutel wrote Shotgun with us for the second half of the first hour. You can find it all on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. You want to be a part of the show? You always can. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call or text, and all guests will always join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Time now for the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mortaway, more than a quarter century in the NFL, joining us here uh, every Monday during the second hour. It's probably presented by Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking, and the Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's version of the NFL. But before we get to any of that, how about this? Here we are, and this might be one of the biggest Rivalry games in the history of the rivalry. Coulter, let's juice it up. I will tell you that this is a big, big game for both units. Why? Because when you win this game, you don't get bragging rights for a year. Forever. You get to live with beating up on your arch rivals. And, uh, of course, it's huge because of the state of Montana. It is crazy how much... The memories live forever, right? I mean, there's there's been so many great players on both sides of this thing. And you can talk about, eh, maybe you might be able to conjure up a memory here or there from their careers. But almost every person that follows this rivalry, when you say, hey, what about Mark Mariani or Brian Solota or whatever, the first memory that comes to mind is from this game. It really does. It lives forever. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, you take out the newspaper and they've got – Every game uh, that's ever been <laughs> yes. played, a little synopsis, synopsis of it, and all that. So yeah, it does live forever. Uh, many people are 
uh, many generations uh, in Montanans, and then they're going to stay in Montana. So it 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 rolls for a long, long, long time. And you know, you talk about uh, the old dudes sitting around telling stories about their high school. Uh, heydays. Well, that's right. what college guys do. <laughs> yeah. They sit around and talk about their college days, and some can remember them uh, a little bit better than others. Well, you've been a part of a lot of rivalries throughout your life uh, when it comes to high school, college, and the NFL. I-, I said this off the top. I just really want people to appreciate this. It is totally cool to root for your team and, and maybe even root against the other team. But get the hate and the toxicity out of here, man. I mean, this is a celebration of these young men and all the hard work that they do. <laughs> like I, like we always say, somebody's going to win on Saturday and somebody's going to lose on Saturday. And I promise you, ne- neither team is going to do that for lack of trying. These guys are going to leave it all out on the field on Saturday. So I hope everybody can just enjoy that. Yeah, I, well, the one thing I do look at, I, I say Grizz by 40. But I do that <laughs> for every game, right? Uh, all right, but that doesn't... <laughs> That doesn't necessarily mean I'm, I'm not rooting for some of these players. Totally. Uh, especially the ones from Missoula. You know, this is a crazy game. Oh, for because sure. Because I played with uh, Timmerman. His brother was a running back uh, at Montana State. We were at Montana. Uh, it, it goes deep. You've got... You've got high school teammates. For sure. From Sentinel High School. State champions. Playing on both teams for sure. I mean, they're going. They're going to go at it, and it, it. You know, once the game starts, it's sort of like your opponent's faceless. But before and after the game, those feelings run deep because you feel the same things in high school championship games or arts rivalry games as you do in college, and the same with the NFL. This is one of the great rivalry games in the history of our country. Now, look, Philly. Against Dallas is a big one. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, I For mean, sure. I've been through a bunch of those. Yeah. And, and so it feels very, very similar uh, to this one. The thing that makes this so rich, I think I think there's, there's three primary factors. And one is, this is the 122nd playing of this rivalry. So that makes it the second oldest rivalry in college football. If Oregon and Oregon State stop playing the Civil War, that will be a day where I die a little bit on the inside because that's the oldest, and that should just keep going because those guys have been battling since, you know, like right after the Civil War. It's crazy how long they've been playing. That's one part. Two, I think that there's so many small towns in Montana, but they're all connected because Montana is just like one giant neighborhood, even though it's, you know, just a collection of all the hundreds and hundreds of small towns. And... No matter what, on Saturday, no matter if you're a rancher in the middle of nowhere on the High Line or a farmer in the Golden Triangle or you know a bar owner in Billings, you're going to be wondering or watching what's going on in this game. That's part of it. And then I think the third part is that every year you have at least 80 and sometimes as many as 110 guys in this game that are from Montana. Well, that, most of them are. Most of they? them, yeah. yeah. I mean, most of, most of them are from Montana, and that, I think that really adds to the mystique of the rivalry. I will well. tell you, I came from Northern California, South San Jose in here, and the day I got here, the Grizz-Cat game was talked about. And the upperclassmen, teammates of mine, would give us a clinic on how you say this game. It must be the Grizz Cat game to the point where they say, now look, there's going to be people out there that say, oh, it's okay, it's alphabetical if you say it the other way, right? <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Bull, everything matters, and here's how it must be said. So 
it's hard for me. I can't even fathom saying it the other way. It's, <laughs> it's the Grizz Cat game, or now it's the Brawl of the Wild. Yeah, see, I just call it the rivalry. That's I just, I just stick with rivalry to stay stay right down the middle of the neutral. Let's we'll talk about this game a little bit more, but let's talk about this last weekend because what happened on Saturday was pivotal to then set this collision course up. The Cats won in Bozeman. That was the first result that went final. That was no surprise. Big. But they needed to do that. Then we were state. Gets Idaho. All of a sudden, okay. And then you're sitting there where you're like, okay, well, now the Grizz got to get this done. You don't want to stub your toe. And no question, they just they were thorough and very efficient in dispatching of Portland State, and that's what sets this whole thing up. You were in Portland. What'd you think? Well, I got in, I got up, and I got out of there. Right. Other than falling off my chair. I didn't go down, though. You fell off but, your but chair. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was in the middle of saying something on the DV, <laughs> right? You know, and here, here, was, the, here was the thing. It, it, it was it was a cement floor, right? Yeah. Right? With, with these chairs with rollers. And oh, so geez. I got excited. I got excited, and I pushed the chair back. <laughs> Uh, wide base, though, save me. A little athleticism still, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, but uh, the Grizz dismantled. They did. Portland State. Now, Portland State was beat up. They were. In, in fact, uh, Coach Barnum, uh, you know, before the game said, the NAU game that they played was very expensive. They lost so many guys, so they were beat up. However, I will say this. Uh, Bobby Houck and, and SF have done a great job this year, right? They laid one big egg, which normally happens to really good teams. For sure. I mean, well, there's only a few exceptions of where you go win a national championship or even a conference championship undefeated. There's some outliers out there, uh, but those teams go down in history. I, th I think it's a, a great job by the coaches. I've been very impressed with the defense all year, really, all year. 17 points in the last three games, and, 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 and they were good to begin with, and they've gotten even better. And then offensively, it didn't look good early. It really didn't. It didn't I mean, but now they've gotten better and better in the past, let's say, month, and they're, they're pretty good on offense right now, and their special teams is always pretty good. I want to ask you this. Cause I, I, I said this when I was analyzing this off the top. The Grizz, unquestionably, when Coach Houck is the head coach, they play unbelievably hard. They run to the ball. They play with great intensity. They, they're hard-hitting. That's always been the trademark of Montana football, and particularly when Bobby Houck's the head coach. This team, though, seems to be able to balance intensity, violence, ferocity, but also being steady and cool and calm and collected. Like, they look so confident while also wanting to tear your face up. I thought a lot of times in the last couple years, they would get too high mm -hmm. and it would hurt them. Now they figured out a way to balance that. How tough is that? How much does that goes into just the, the preparation of the players and, and the coaches as well? Well, it's a little poise yeah. by the Montana Grizzlies. And uh, typically when you're team leaders, let's say there's six or eight of these type of fellas, right? And typically they're your some of your better players with, yeah. with a few exceptions. There's there's a guy or two that's a great special teams player that ends up being a team leader. But but most of the time, they're your best players. And and when they play hard with passion and with poise, everybody else sort of learns and follows. Because there is some experience factor to being able to do that. Being able to win close games. Being able to keep your poise under duress. I think they've done done a fabulous job with that. I, I, the defense tackles so well. So now, well. that's going to be one of the main factors going into no into this week with that team over the mountains over there coming into town. That's exactly what uh, I talked with Brent Vegan about this morning. I said, hey, one of the biggest parts about Montana State's run game is you guys' ability to hit a crease 
and then make a tackle or miss. Yeah. Montana's best open field tackling team in the league. He said that that's that is the key to the matchup. How do we break tackles and how do they tackle us? And I think I think it's true. It's it's accept I mean, if you're an old school football game though, watching the Grizz pursue and tackle in space is it's a thing of beauty, man. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable how fundamentally sound they are. Well, okay, so strategy is so so important, right? Oh yeah. However, culture Eats up strategy. Yes. Now, I, I both are very, very important, but the culture is first, and the Grizzlies have the culture, and then, and and then, so that defense runs to the football. You know, Ronnie Bradford has said a couple of times, population around the football <laughs> creates good things happening, and and they they you don't play if you don't run to the football every single play. So uh, and. And they lost three defensive linemen coming into the season. That's right. And and they just sort of reloaded. And there's some there's some guys playing out of their minds. So the Grizz tackling these skilled guys from Montana State is going to be one of the big keys. The other thing is this going to be, I think, how the quarterbacks settle into this thing. You got a, a whole bunch of guys on both sides. Tommy Malach, Sean Chambers played in this game as starters for Montana State, but in Bozeman. They haven't done it in Missoula. Right. Clinton McDowell's never played in this game. Right. So, I mean, so much of it is going to be which quarterback can settle in and, and uh, not be overwhelmed by the moment. Yeah, now Clifton McDowell, I think it's like double reverse psychology. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. He doesn't know how big this game is. <laughs> he doesn't. He, you know, he's not from here, all that, right? And and so <laughs> that the might end, or whatever it's called. Yeah. This is the most classic thing ever. Some people were mad about it. I was like, no, I actually think this is a huge advantage what for the Grizz. He said, Oh, yeah, we're going to get ready for the Brawl of the Wild or whatever it's called. <laughs> he said that in Kyle Hansen's sideline interview on the broadcast. Some people were killing him for it. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. He's yeah. only lived in Missoula for four months. Like, he doesn't yeah. know anything well, about this back stuff. when I was playing, now, I, I hate to bring this up. When I was young, I was uh, maybe a, a freshman or a sophomore, and somebody asked me, I said, well... It's just it's it's another game. Well, that's the way as a quarterback you have to look at that's it. That's right. Right? You can't be too far. I mean, you got you've got to go through your progression and reads. You gotta you gotta do the right thing, all that. And and so all hell broke loose with my dealer going, Marty, what are you kidding me? <laughs> and I'm going, No, no, guys, that must have come out wrong. I know how big this game is. I'm just trying to temper myself just a little bit, and they understood, but uh, this, this young man, what he doesn't know, might, might end up helping him just a little bit. I thought he called it like the fight of the brawl or something. You know what <laughs> sure. I mean? So uh, that might end up being a positive for for that young man. I do agree with the quarterbacks. I, 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 I it's it's always a big game for the quarterbacks because you're evaluated on to some extent how many. Brawls of the Wilds, did you win? That's true. Right? And McDowell's got a chance to be 1-0. He's undefeated up until this point as a starter for the Grizzlies. But uh, tackle, I, I think it's a it's a big ask for tackling the skill guys from Montana. Last year, we didn't do it. We didn't. We were far from that now, right? I think I think Bradford and Hauk, Timmy Hauk, yep. schematically will be a little bit better than last year. But you still have to tackle these men. So uh, I, I know that's going to be a big emphasis for them going into this game, even though I think they're one of the best tackling teams in the country. Marty Mordewick here on Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. We'll get to some NFL, but we got to talk a little bit more rivalry. It's rivalry heavy this week because, of course, it is. It's the biggest game in the state of Montana every single year. The Monday afternoon quarterback probably presented by Stackman Bank. 
Stockard Bank has more than 40 locations throughout the state of Montana. They're in Montana and only in Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. Uh, last thing on, on this, and then we'll take a break. I find it so fascinating. What you just said is so interesting because, on one hand, you do want to treat it like it's everything, and the Super Bowl, and, and you know, this is for the outright conference title. It's for home field advantage throughout the whole playoffs, your top five teams. But both these teams have been straight rolling all year. They've proven that they can prepare and they can treat each week as its own. And that's the rhythm of football that you want to get in from a team perspective. So balancing those two things, I think, is an essential thing. Yeah, it looks like both teams are sort of uh, topping out, playing at their best right yep. here, right at the end of the year, going into the playoffs. That's big. But as as far as the emotion and all that, if you're a linebacker, all right, you, you can juice it up pretty much all right. game as yeah. long as you're focused, right? Totally. Right? You're on but, the kickoff team, but, go crazy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> go, let's go. I mean, so there are certain positions yeah. that you yeah. can kind of do that with. And then, and then the motion after a few plays, typically, it settles down. And then, and then the momentum swings will be f- fascinating in this game. Which team uh, can gain the momentum and keep it? Or if a team loses it, can they get it back? And how do you get it back? You go execute with passion. So, and, and now, the other thing I want to say here is the last three times I've seen them play, this game played, yes. the home field was a huge advantage. Huge. Yeah. Now, now you go back further than that, it really wasn't. It's so funny because by 2010 until 2019, like right before the pandemic, the home field was almost irrelevant. The away team right. won pretty much every single time. <laughs> Since we came back from the pandemic, though, you're right. I mean, 2019 in Bozeman, 2022 in Bozeman, and then 2021 in Missoula, huge home field advantages for the home team. Yeah, it seems like that, right? And and the scores weren't even close. Totally. You know, because, in, and so I'm thinking... Is it, or is it just a little cyclic right there? You know, you, but but or is it a bigger factor nowadays than it has been? Coach Marty, obviously a prestigious coaching career, more than four decades long, spent more than a quarter century in the NFL. But at the beginning of the day, in terms of his connections to Montana, a former Grizz quarterback. So you got me juiced up. Give me for this brawl of the wild. <laughs> you get, hey, uh, I'm starting to sweat here. Here, <laughs> uh, I might have to take something to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> give me, give me a good uh, brawl of the wild story then, yeah, from your playing days. <laughs> well, I, know I told you, gotta... you about how we say it. That's what. That's first thing, right? And then my dad. My dad came into town, oh. uh, and so he was at a Friday walkthrough practice uh, before the. Back then, you call it the Grizz Cat game. And of course, we had a little team meeting in the bleachers over at Dorn Blazer post practice. And my dad just happened to be hanging around. And I won't, I won't tell you who it was, but one of our linebackers got up to speak. And he was talking about how we're going to hit him and we're going to bloody him and we're going to kick and we're going to, and it doesn't matter, whatever it takes. And it was a very, very passionate type of speech. And he was a heck of a player for us as well. Tough, tough, tough player. And my dad, afterwards, we were walking off the field together and he goes, okay, Marty, who was that? You know, like, you you got some half crazy teammates. (laughs) Well, Half of the team's going to be half crazy to start that game. So you talked about it before. Poise will come into play if this game's close. It's absolutely true. It's just like a heavyweight prize fight. you got to be juiced, but you can't be too juiced. You can't have paralysis because you're too over the top. Rivalry week here. On is now. But we got to talk some NFL, too, because there was some 
big-time results yesterday. We learned a little bit more, especially about some of the teams that are starting to truly emerge at the front of the pack. We'll talk about that next Monday afternoon. Quarterback with Coach Marty. Keep it right here. Juan is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. State championship week all the way across the state of Montana. Five classifications of high school, but also perhaps... Dare I say, at least one of the biggest rivalry games in the history of Montana and Montana State football. Welcome back. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornaweg joining me, Coulter Nuanas, in studio. First time in the 60-year history of the Big Sky Conference that the winner of this game between Montana and Montana State will be the outright Big Sky Conference champions. You know, I was asking that question in the past several days, and I'm glad you came up with it because I couldn't remember one. Now, I will tell you, Coulter, back in my day, it wasn't always the last game. For right, sure. Right? That, so, that's, there's a caveat there. Like, they've only played it as the last game for about 30 years. Yeah, so so I was I was talking to uh, Timmy Houck yeah. uh, pregame up, up in the box there, and I... And he mentioned that he always played it. It was the last game. So yeah, it I, had think, to be, I think it was the late 80s. Yeah, yeah. Because you were a senior in, what, 84? 84, so uh, between me and then when he came in. Yeah, because so Tim Houck was a senior in 89, I believe. Yeah, so, so somewhere in there, yeah. they made the choice. And I love it. Now, some people don't because it's always later in the year. You don't get as quite as good a weather sometimes. Sure. All that. But I like it because of what's happening now. It's for all the marbles, the whole ball of wax. Oh, I think that part's awesome. The the one drawback is that on the good side of this, I think the winner of this game is getting the two seed in the playoffs, and the loser is still going to get a seed and a bye. So they're going to get good playoff draws either way. But on the flip side of that, I actually think these are two of the four best teams in the country. So I, yes. the loser of this is going to get a lower seed than they probably deserve. That, right. That's the one drawback is, you you know, does this actually mean you're the seventh best team in the country? If you lose, no, you're still probably the fourth best team. You're just going to get the seventh seed be, or the eighth seed or whatever because yeah. you lost your last game. That part is the one part that's a drawback. Yes, I, I agree with that and did not think about that. You know, personally, I read something uh, the, uh, over the past uh, 24 hours. You know, my youngest son 
is at North Dakota State. Right. There's a possibility. I'm not sure how big it is, but maybe a small possibility that the Grizz get a bye and a home game yes. for the second round and North Dakota State comes here. That would be spectacular for the Morton Hemwig family. <laughs> it certainly would. There, I, I think there's a decent chance that North Dakota State will hack, will draw one of the two Montana schools because of the regionality of it all, yeah, right? right. Because NDSU, they're probably not going to get a seed if Correct. they win on Saturday. Here's what but, happens because I researched it out. I think they have to win big this week, yeah. right? And Play then Missouri have State, right? two, yes, yeah. and have two of that fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, Team ranked lose, lose right, and then they may slip into into a bye week. But an eight and three NDSU team, I think, would essentially be like the ten seed. They're about there right now, the ten or the yeah. eleven. Yeah, which means then, based on regionality and draw, you'd probably play the seven or the eight seed. Which I think the loser of this brawl game is going to get probably six. I think they'll get six or eight because the reason they won't get seven is because I think the winner will get two, and they won't want to have the two seven. Rematch and only the, the quarterfinals. Okay, then I misspoke. I would like North Dakota State in the second round at Bozeman. <laughs> right? That, that's what I'm saying right there. Thanks for the explanation, Colton. You're on top of it way more than I was. <laughs> Gotta love it. Marty Wardewig uh, in studio with us here on Nuanas Now. I mean, that last point on this the scheduling of this thing, it's the same thing that's going on right now in the FBS, right? Michigan and Ohio State are two of the three or four best teams in the country. They're playing the rivalry game. One of them's going to lose and probably miss the playoffs. That's kind of dumb because they're both so good. Do you really think the loser of this of that game will be out of play? I don't. Well, the thing is, the thing that will help them is that they still have a chance to get back into the Big Ten championship. Yes. But they're in the same side of the Big Ten, so only one of them can go. That's yeah. the other flaw in the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some flaws when you don't have... Uh, not like like the one double A FCS. Right. I mean, it used to just be sixteen. Now it's right. twenty four. I mean, uh, out of those twenty four, even even uh, one of the the lower ranked teams, if they're one of the best teams, they could go far. Even though they're going to be uh, first round and then on the road, they can still go far. Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference as a family owned community bank with locations throughout Montana. Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. All right, let's talk about the NFL. The more we do this segment, the more I learn from you about the NFL, and also just the more I'm just intently watching it because we're just talking about it every single week. I love it. But one thing I've noticed the last several years is the first month, you can kind of see teams that it kind of goes how you think it's going to go more often than not. Then the second month, it's totally unpredictable. It's crazy. One team's going this way, one team's going this way because right. people start getting hurt. You never know. And then this third month, you get into mid-November, and you start to see some separation. A little bit of separation. And then by this time, the team that uh, started 1-3 and three or 0-3 oh right. or 0-2, oh they've come out of it. If they're good enough. They've come like Cincinnati. Exactly. Right? Great example. Right? Okay, so now they're back. Uh, there's been uh, several times about at this point where uh, really we put it on the table with the fellas. Hey, guys, we'll probably need to win uh, seven out of these next eight or six out of eight or uh, six out of seven. And went and did it a few times to win the division and get into the playoffs. So you're going to see probably one team that you didn't think that could make the playoffs make the playoffs. You're going to see one team that you say, oh, they're one of the better teams in the league. They're going to make the playoffs. 
slip out of the playoffs, and that's usually due to some injuries. It's like the 7-7 seven and seven rule, right? It used to be the 6-6 six and six rule. Six of the same teams are going to make the playoffs, and six new teams are going to make the playoffs. Yes, yes. That's kind of how they want it to be, though. Yeah, well, the great parody in the NFL, yeah. all the rules, drafting, salary yeah. cap, all that, tries to keep everybody sort of on the same level. Not that you can't have great years and poor years, but they want everybody to be able to beat anybody on any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday now, you know. I got a great book for you. I'm going to I'm going to get this to you or I'm going to download it on your phone so you can listen to it as well. It's called Football Done Right it's by Mike Lombardi. It's all about the history of the NFL and it's so fascinating because the part I'm on now is when they've done the AFL NFL merger and now they're they're figuring out the salary cap and the NFL draft and all these things that we sort of take for granted but also are obsessed with, right? And it's so fascinating to see like this the debates between this and that and these guys arguing back and forth and the Paul Browns and George Hallises of the world and you know the Rooneys and the Maras and all these guys that are saying, Hey, well, here's what we should do, here's what and then like the collaboration to get into all of it. It's just it's fascinating to see because they've created this unbelievable juggernaut, but it took a lot of work to get to this point. Well, Bill Walsh, the great Bill Walsh, yes. you know, all his champ- that was before the salary cap. For sure. And what an owner he had in Eddie DeBartolo. Yes. Who's got a place up north here. Um, and they would acquire a player or two every year that's on his last, like, leg. But he can still juice it up. Hey, yeah. you come here. Right. You know, and we'll pay you like a starter. You want a ring, you come here, we'll rotate you in. Let's say it's a D lineman. We'll rotate. You may not start. You may not play as many plays as you want. You want the ring? Come here and you'll still make some money before the salary cap. Now, man alive, you got computers spitting stuff out <laughs> For you sure. know, with the salary cap. So uh, it's it's a real art to, to handle uh, personnel, salary cap structure, because you have to look years ahead for your football team and the future of it. The other broad thing I wanted to touch on is, to me, when you watch the NFL now, it is crazy how many good running backs there are. There's guys that'll get into games, and you'll see them. It looks like he's shot out of a cannon, and you're like, who is that guy? You start Googling him on your phone, yeah. and then you're like, oh, just another guy that runs a 4-3-5, you know, former track champion. It, there's, they're, like, nameless now in terms of how many good guys there are. It's so ironic, though, because because there's so many good guys, it's why the position has lost value. I, yes, I think you're on, on that. I, I look at it just... Well, probably similarly, but a little different. There's a select few that are the great ones. I mean, great, great ones. And then there's a lot. There's really not a lot, but there's there's more than that. There's more that can go in and produce at a high level because of the way that the game's played. Brian Morway in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Uh, how about the the Ravens were the, the team that I thought was like ascending to the top. And then they were in full control yesterday. And then the Browns came yeah. rushing all the way back. And then you look at this whole division. The Bengals have been rolling. But then they hit a, a little bit of a speed bump yesterday against the Texans. And then you got the Steelers, who look terrible on offense for the first three quarters of every game. And then they figure out a way to win. And they're 6-3, and three, even though they haven't outgained anybody. But that division, the black and blue division, I mean, what a division right now. It's, it's amazing. I truly think that there's four bona fide, true playoff contenders in the AFC North. I think you're exactly right, Coulter. I... I was in that division for half a decade, and uh, it's always, uh, at least that I can remember, a very physical, 
Very tough division. Uh, and it, talk about rivalries. I mean, every team in there is a big rivalry of one another. And the Steelers' offense, I think, still looks bad. It does. But they're doing everything else that equals winning games. They're playing good defense. They're sacking the quarterback. They're getting some turnovers. And they've got just enough. Just enough offense. Uh, didn't you say they've been outgained in every, every single game. game? Every game. Right? So that's that's a rarity. And uh, Mike Tomlin, who I think I told you when I went to New York to see Skyler's homecoming sure, game at Columbia. Columbia. Yeah. You know, he's got a son playing there. So we discussed that just a little bit. And he's doing all of those things there with Pittsburgh that equals winning, except having one of those great offenses. I don't know how far they can go because of that. You know, even if everything falls their way, you know, typically you have to have uh, a passing game uh, that you can produce in the last two minutes of the half or when called upon the last two minutes of the fourth quarter if needed. The one team, well, not the one team, but the team I was the most wrong about this year was the Houston Texans. I thought oh. with D'Amico Ryans as a you know first-year head coach and all this turnover in their organization, plus they're going to go with a, a rookie quarterback and they got a bunch of young guys on defense, I just thought they were going to be a year away. I thought they'd be in the top five of the draft again, go get some good guys, and then next year would be their year. Well, it's not the case, man. They're good. They, and they, they looked great yesterday, especially late in that game rallying against the Bengals. They are a solid team. With a heck of a rookie quarterback. This is an heck outlier. This is one of those uh, Dan Marino or Ben Roethlisberger where, where he's on a decent team. He's not on as good a team, though, as Roethlisberger was or Flacco. For you sure. Know, they, had, yeah. they had two of the better defenses in yeah. the whole league, right? Yeah. That can make you look a little bit better uh, early. Uh, this kid is spectacular from what he's done up to date. Uh, th- it's a seamless, you've heard me speak about this before, seamless transition into the NFL. That's hard to do at any position, For sure. but especially the quarterback position, and he's done it. I think he's got a little something special. But he's also done it under a defensive-minded head coach. It's a oh. very, it's a rare combo, right, to have a defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, as your head coach, and then have a rookie quarterback that's balling out like C.J. Stroud is. We talked about Clifton McDowell not knowing what he doesn't know. It might be a positive. I think D'Amico understands how important that position is and he he's unafraid yeah. of failure so his team plays that way unafraid of failure what does that do they're playing fast furious and with excellent confidence i'm not sure that they can go far this year even with this rookie quarterback playing at a really high level he's playing at a high level even for a talented veteran quarterback yes i'm not sure how far they can go I do think you're right. Next year or the year after, yeah. when they load up around this spectacular young quarterback, they're going to be rolling. And, you know, a lot of dudes got fired in the past few years yes. in Houston because they were doing the old salary cap thing and yep. the, the yep. money ball thing. Yep. So they're in decent position to have success in the next few years. The last two primetime games, which are the ones that the, the vast majority of people watch, Thursday night football and uh, Sunday night football, man, 16 to 12 on both sides. Mm. The The Panthers got a rookie quarterback. The Bears are playing their backup quarterback. All right. Last night, the Raiders are playing their backup quarterback, and so are the Jets. You can say it's all that, but the, the Jets are just – the Jets are – they drive me crazy to watch <laughs> because they are so good on defense, and they have – 
a great receiver in Garrett Wilson. They have a great running back. They just can't. They haven't scored a touchdown in three weeks, Coach. I know. I read that. I mean, it's like uh, something going on 40 series or some crazy thing. And look, look, I'm like you. It's a mess there offensively right now. Yeah. And it looks to me like their quarterback, Wilson, uh, he is a talented dude. You could see that on several plays. I would love to get my hands on him, and I'd find out in about three days whether he's got the instincts. I'm, I'm suspecting that he's missing a little bit of the instinctual yeah. process. And and it's kind of like speed. Yeah, it can get better with experience. But, you know, uh, let's say you run 4-9. You can bust your butt for like two years to get to, you know, you know 4-7-8. Sure. I, I mean, you know, so it, it's just always in you. So I suspect that's happening. I also suspect that their defense is so good and their offense isn't. That yes. they're leaning towards their defense yep, way that's right. too much that's right. uh, in certain situations. They're they're playing like scared. They're yes. playing they're playing afraid to lose rather than let's go win this thing and let's crush uh, the our next opponent. So I suspect that's what's happening. They're having an impossible time taking advantage of opportunities too. Like Zach Wilson had that scramble oh last night, goodness. where he steps out of bounds. Okay, that's, you, you get a touchdown call back. That's all fine and dandy. But then. You almost throw a pick, and then you commit a penalty, and then you commit another one, and all it's You're like what, the field goal. What are you doing? You had the ball in the two yard line. You just got to score right there, even if you get one called back. It seems like every time they get something going on offense, there's a holding call, offensive. It's crazy. PI, a, a false start, self sabotage. Uh, you know, and so they've got to get it together because they, like you said, at at worst. The Jets are a heck of a defensive team. And when they're giving up 16 points, uh, you should be winning most of those games. Now, really, they're only, what, four and five now, right? Am yeah, I right on that? That's right. All yeah. right. They're a team. If they get that offense straight now, they could make a little run here and slip into the playoffs. Well, I think that's what's frustrating for people that have followed them, though, is be, be, you know, they scored one touchdown the last two weeks. They'd be six and three instead <laughs> of four and five. They just got to score one touchdown. Um, how about the Minnesota Vikings, though? No Kirk, no problem. But I, you know, I don't want to ever say like I feel vindicated because a guy blew his Achilles. It's a terrible injury yeah. for Kirk Cousins. But I do think you're seeing the prowess of Kevin O'Connell as a play caller because he's working with a guy he's only had in the system for two weeks. They're missing one of the best offensive playmakers in the whole league in Justin Jefferson, and they're still making it work. And I mean, they ran the Saints out of the building last yesterday. I mean, they, they looked great. Some of these quarterbacks can go in with three days of practice and yeah. play really well. It's more they've got these instincts, uh, uh, a street ball type in- instincts. And Minnesota's got one of those dudes. For sure. You, you know, the, the kid out of Oklahoma that went to the Ram, you know, I mean, he is playing for Tampa uh, out of Oklahoma. Uh, 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 Baker Mayfield. Baker. Of course. Baker did it, right? He's got a little street ball in him. You can go in and do that. And this kid for Minnesota is skilled as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can run and gun a little bit. Uh, I think he runs the ball a little bit better than he passes the ball so far. I always say yet. Yeah, he's not a great natural passer of the football yet, but this kid's got a pretty good pretty good future. Marty Morway in studio. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty here on Nuanas <laughs> Dow ESPN Radio. It's presented by Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. This is Montana's brand of NFL. We said last week, Coach, that the Niners were sort of in this ultimate moment where they, they couldn't let it keep slipping. Well, 
I think blowing out the leader of the AFC South 34-3 is a pretty good statement. The addition of Chase Young is scary, man. The one, watching their defensive line is like, what are you going to do against these guys? I mean, they have three elite guys up front. They're going to be pretty tough to block. Even though they were on a losing streak, what confidence yeah. do the 49ers have by going and getting this man to add to their defense? They knew. They knew they were going to get some fellows back, get healthy, and make a run. And so as long as they stay healthy... Uh, a reasonably healthy. That back is so good, McCaffrey. I mean, he's um, ridiculous. I like that. I, I saw it popped on my phone. He he said, uh, I mean, he's a great player and did great things, like, but he didn't score a touchdown. And he goes, yeah, I suck. Everybody else on the team scored a touchdown except me. And, you know, he had a heck of a game. For sure. But he just didn't get it across the goal line. So that's how talented the 49ers are. Well, the other game that was uh, must-watch TV yesterday was the Lions and the Chargers. And I thought... It was so revelatory because the Lions are really good on offense. They're good on defense, even though they did give up 47 points yesterday. That aside, though, I thought these two teams, the Lions and the Chargers, they both have sort of this similar reputation as teams that have not been able to get over the top or not be able to find ways to win. Now the Lions are finding ways to win, and the Chargers are still just kind of stuck it's a great testament to Dan Campbell and his staff. Yeah, and you remember Dan Campbell's first year, too. I mean, they had trouble winning a game. For sure. They were losing all these games in all these crazy different ways. Well, now a little experience, not only for the head coach, but the players and the assistant coach. And they've sort of learned how to win. Now, what does that mean? Learning how to win. Well, if you're put in that position, if you're talented, right, and you're put in the same position and you fail, and you fa- you figure out ways to end up doing the right thing to win ball games and you know the turnover ratio taking care of the football uh red zone penalties stay away from those sacks except on third down uh in the in the right uh backed up uh, all those things you, you quarterbacks all positions and i always told the players let's all become situational experts why because that's where the game's gone in the past few decades it's all situational uh except sort of in the middle of the field We'll give you Monday Night Football talk right after this. Monday afternoon quarterback here on Nuwana's Down. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Missing the show, you can always find it on the Nuwana's Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Seattle Kraken hockey coming up at 7.30 tonight, so keep it tuned right here to ESPN Radio for that. We'll have all sorts of live sporting events for you coming down the pipe. I know a lot of you will be tuning into that. A lot of you will be tuning into Monday Night Football in Buffalo, New York. The Bills host the Denver Broncos. So we'll conclude the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornoweg in studio. The Bills, 7.5-point favorites against the Broncos. The total, 47.5. Those are weird numbers. Uh, What do you think? I mean, the Bills have been... More up and down than I uh, would have hoped or anticipated so far this year. Uh, I really like the Bills. Uh, they have been too much up and down. Yes. But given seven and a half, that seems like a lot. That seems like that seems like Montana State coming into Missoula given three and a half. Right. I mean, that seems like a lot of points uh, for a Monday night game. But I I do like the Bills. They have they have an opportunity to crush people. Well, they have an opportunity to lose close ones. I mean, they've been too up and down, especially with a good defense 
and one of those franchise-type quarterbacks. Well, we got about 45 seconds left, but you can find Coach Marty on the television call on the MTN Network scripts across the state of Montana for the rivalry game on Saturday. Quickly, Coach, what do you think is the key to the game on Saturday afternoon between Montana and Montana State? Well, we talked about it. Can the Grizzly defense tackle the Montana State skill guys? They've got several backs that are really good runners. You've got Malat, you got Chambers, you've got receivers catching and running. It's going to be fascinating in Washington Grizz Stadium. The 122nd rendition of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We can't wait for it. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.